0: That last announcement really kind of, I was just thinking about how grateful I am for our Kid City workers and volunteers, and if you... Uh, have uh, the availability to volunteer for kids ministry. Uh, we'd love for you to do that. And there's lots of ways to do that online. And let us know that you'd like to volunteer, be a part of the Kids City. I couldn't be more prouder of our Kids City team throughout this whole year of unprecedented sort of pivoting and changing. Uh, our Kids City team has done everything they can to care for kids and to deliver the gospel uh, to the kiddos at New City. And we've said from the very beginning at New City, we believe we can make the. Big, the the biggest difference in our city that causes causes the greatest ripple effect in our community by strategically caring for children and it's a major factor for us and I'll talk a little more about that later on in the message but I just want you to know uh, we deeply care about kiddos and so show your appreciation for Esther and Amanda when you see them uh, as you see other Kid City workers show your appreciation for them uh, I'd really appreciate that, and I think they'd really appreciate that too. They've really worked really hard this year. Hey, this series, Bless, is one of my favorite series uh, to revisit at New City. We revisit this series periodically because what we talk about in this series, how to bless your neighbor, is something that's really important to us as a church. And we will often say at New City that the object of like following Jesus isn't just simply knowing uh, deep things, but it's living a deep life. And, and so I, I, it's, my, it's my opinion, okay, you can argue argue with me. It is my opinion that we don't need more Christian scholars in the world right now. We need more Christian practitioners. That's what we need in the world right now. We need people who are taking their faith seriously and putting shoes on that faith and putting it to work in the world. And I'm so glad that at New City Church, and we have a group of people here who are radically committed to living the gospel message, not just speaking the gospel message or learning gospel ideas, but living the gospel message. And we had 75 people volunteering at Mission Ave yesterday. It was phenomenal. What's so great about that number, 75, is it represents not just people from New City Church, but it represents teachers from Mission Ave Elementary School and parents who have children going to Mission Ave Elementary School. And it shows and illustrates a partnership we've been able to create within our community. And it was really phenomenal. And a lot of work was done yesterday. And it's one of those examples of the fact that at New City Church, we really do care about a faith that works, a faith that is active. And so this series, we're talking about the Blessed Practices. And so we're not talking about deep theological truths. You're not going to learn anything today that kind of takes you to a new level of understanding. But what you will be challenged to do is to practice. You will be challenged to practice your faith. And there are Five practices that will be the next five weeks of our teaching. Begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, and story. It's sharing your story of how God has changed your life. And today's first blessed practice is begin with prayer. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about beginning with prayer. So prayer is the first of the, listen, five missional habits or or practices that we'll be discussing in this series. And I want you to, to hear me on this, that what we're talking about today isn't just like prayer as an idea. What we're talking about today is how can we together collectively commit to being a people of prayer. So we're not talking about just uh, like what is the idea of prayer. We're talking about today like how do how do we how do we change the world through our prayer? How do we how do we become a people of prayer? And so I'm going to begin this way by asking you this question: Right? Do you consider yourself a truthful person? All right, just just think: Do do you consider yourself a truthful in general? A truthful person. And then I want you to answer uh, honestly. Okay, so if, if when you when you go to the dentist and the dentist leans you back in the chair and he opens up your mouth or she opens up your mouth and the dentist says to you, "How often do you floss?" (laughs) <laughs> are you truthful? <laughs> do you, you, know, do you, you I to, four or five times a day? I mean, all the time, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, do, do, do you answer truthfully? When the, pa- when the pastor asks you, like, hey, how often do you pray? Or how's your prayer life? This is one of those areas where I think people get a little sensitive. And I just want—I just want to encourage you. If you're—if you're online today, you can can encourage others in the chat. But if you're—if you're in person, uh, who here has ever struggled with prayer? Has anybody here ever struggled with prayer? I can't be the only one. All right. So look around. I mean, people here have had a struggle with prayer. So this is not a habit that is come easy for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people expressed to me over the years as a pastor, "I wish I prayed more. I wish my prayer life was more effective. I wish I had a closer relationship with God. I wish my prayer life looked more like so and so." Or so-and-so over here. Well, we're going to talk about forming that prayer habit today, and I want you to know that prayer is an essential habit of the Christian life. It's not just something we tack on to it, but it is an essential habit of the Christian life. Colossians 4.2 is going to be a passage we'll keep coming back to. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer, the Apostle Paul says, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Be, Be steadfast in it. Now, before we can just dive into talking about what prayer is, let's talk about what prayer is not, just for a second. Here's some highlights. Uh, Prayer is not merely wishful thinking. So prayer is not just closing your eyes and kind of hoping something will happen. Uh, James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Prayer has power. Prayer has power. And so you're, you are never, as a Christian, by the way, ever powerless. Because prayer is always available to you. Right, right now, prayer is available to you. Uh, you are always in a position of power because, you know, well, prayer changes things. If you pray, and you pray the will of God into being, things change in the world. Like Things, things that were one way become another way through the simple habit of prayer. James 4.2, you desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight, and you quarrel. Then he says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. He says, man, if you just approach prayer from a healthy perspective, a righteous one, one that sought the will of God, if you just asked it would be so. I mean, the the Bible says this over and over and over again. And and I've said this line uh, a million times at New City, and it's worth repeating, and I hope it sinks in at some point for you. Too many prayers go unanswered because too many prayers go unasked. Right? I mean, how often, like, how often have you thought to yourself, I should pray about that? And then you you don't, right? You go I I, sh- I should really take that to the Lord in my prayer time and then like it just it just seems like you take the wor- you 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 kind of live like it all happens by your power in the world. I mean you you sometimes I just just to be honest for a second sometimes we live practically like we're atheists. Like we might be saying with our mouth like I believe in God but we're saying with our life I believe in myself and myself alone. And every once in a while we get us very called into it and go you know what you should really be praying about that so prayer is not merely wishful thinking and prayer is not manipulation it, it, prayer is not trying to convince god to care i think sometimes i think we in prayer we're not convinced that god loves us <laughs> you know in and, and, and one sense we're not convinced that god's powerful enough that's why we don't take things to prayer but sometimes we're not convinced that god cares enough and so we don't think, think take things to prayer But when Jesus is teaching us to pray, how does He teach us to pray? He says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. A Father who cares. A Father who knows you as a child, a daughter, a son. Who cares? Jesus says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Like, this is... This is life-changing for you if you get it. The Father in Heaven sees you. I, mean, I spent my Saturday this week watching my kids play sports on the sidelines. I mean, I cheered my kiddos on because I'm a father who loves my kids. And he goes, man, you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your kids because you love them. Think about the Heavenly Father who's perfect in his love. And he loves you. As a son or as a daughter, Like he loves you that way. Look, prayer is about praying the will of God into being. It's about coming into a relationship with the Father in heaven to where you kind of know what the Father wants. And you ask him for it. Prayer is, is bowing your head and saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in this situation in my life right now as it is in heaven it's just it's just about praying god's will into being and so, when i say prayer is not wishful thinking and prayer is not manipulation what i'm saying is like like prayer is praying to a god who is powerful and prayer is praying to a god who is good and you got to know those two things about him like he is both powerful and he he is good and god's and this is a mystery okay this is a mystery of prayer that God's will, listen, God's will is accomplished through your prayers. Now, this, is, this is to me like so mysterious. Because on one hand, God is sovereign and, and he's totally in control. On the other hand, he's, he's good and he's totally loving, and he's and, he, and he's totally compassionate. And at the same time, he works through you in your prayers to accomplish his will. It's a mystery. It's also a blessing. I mean, a tremendous blessing that God would listen to you as a daughter or you as a son, hear your prayers and then do things in response to them. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, says John. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we've asked of Him. Let me just be really simple here. As you develop a relationship with God, and you learn the will of God, and you pray the will of God, the will of God happens. That's the promise of the, that's the, promise of the Word of God. Too many prayers go unanswered because too many prayers go unasked. Prayer is not merely wishful thinking. It's praying to a God who's powerful. Prayer is not manipulation. It's praying to a God who's good. And prayer is not one-way communication. It's praying to a God who loves you like a father loves a child and who speaks to you. Speaks to you. When you open the Word of God and when you are in prayer and you're listening to the Holy Spirit, God is communicating and speaking to you the holy spirit is bridging the gap between your mind and god's mind your heart and god's heart he's connecting you relationally this is what makes prayer effective it's it's it is effective like it it's it's i'm going to say something i didn't put this in my notes and so this may not be true so i don't know we'll see we'll see i'll step into it Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think I believe this. Prayer is more effective than your hard work. Yeah? Like, I think that if you were, you know, a good American, you're one of those people who picks yourself up by the bootstraps and you hold your chin up high and you get after it. That's kind of a good American spirit. And if we're just going to put it in the context of how some of us live our lives right now, we get after it all alone. And one of the things that prayer reminds you is you're not alone. You, You have the Father with I mean, Jesus says, I'll be with you wherever you, I mean, to the ends of the earth, like I'm with you. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. Watchful in it. Watchful in it. Prayer, listen, is so effective that a subsequent discipline to prayer is watching. Isn't that interesting? Continue steadfastly in prayer, watchful in it watchful in it i mean the only way i know how to do this like in a pragmatic way is to write my prayers down and then to write down the answer to those prayers the only way i know how to do it pragmatically maybe you've got a better way there's probably an app out there that does this for you i don't know i'm so analog i write it down i write down my ipad though so i'm a little bit you know but i write write it down but i can tell you i have in the just in the room back here i've got a shelf full of journals and inside those journals are prayers that I've written down, and there are prayers that have been answered. We I mean, just answered things that happened that were outside of my control. Were God's powers at work because He was executing His will through my? It's a mystery, and it, it sounds even arrogant to say it out loud, like God oh, just answered my prayer. You know, and I sometimes will joke about it. You know, I go, oh, you know, why that happened? Because I prayed about it. You know, but I, you know, but I. There is some truth to that. If I didn't pray about it, what would, it, would have happened? See, if you, if your view of prayer is, is that it's wishful thinking, you're never going to look for the answers. You'll, I mean, if you really think that what's happening when you close your eyes or when you, whatever you know, whatever posture you take when you, when you, when you kneel down at your bedside, sometimes I do that uh, in the evenings. I mean, sometimes you know, whenever whatever your posture is, okay. Whenever whatever posture you strike when you're praying, if you just think it's wishful thinking, or if it's some kind of, you know, sort of divine manipulation, you're never going to look for the answer, and, and you're going to miss out on the joy of answered prayer. And so I want to I want to I want to encourage you here that prayer works. So how do you change the world through your prayer? How do you do it? I mean, we've already hinted to all the answers here, but the first is seek the will of God, truly I mean, seek the will of God. You want to change the world through your prayer? Then start, like, kind of looking around the world around you, looking in the lives of the people around you, looking in the lives of the people you care about, and just start asking the question what's the will of God for Sue? What's the will of God for John? What's the will of God for my school? What's the will of God for my workplace? What's the will of God for my home? What's the will of God for my marriage? What's the will of God for my child? And you start praying that will into being. That's what you do. So you seek the will of God. But seek first the kingdom of God in His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I mean, seek first God's kingdom. Seek it first. So you seek the will of God, then you pray the will of God. So you seek it and you pray it. Okay, what's the will of God here? What's the will of God here? What's the will of God here? Okay, I, I've been seeking it. I'm looking for it. I'm asking, how does heaven and earth, what does it look like if heaven and earth would be met here in this space? What it look like if heaven and earth were met here in this space? And you start to kind of sense, what is God's will here? And then you start praying that will into being. james five sixteen. therefore confess your sins to one another pray for one another and you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working great power as it's working seek the will of god pray the will of god and i mean this watch for god to do miracles I don't know who needs to hear this, and this is these man. This is one of those weird messages where things keep coming to my mind, and I didn't prepare to say them. But the Bible says that that the hearts of kings are like water in the palm of some of of his hand. He just, you know, it's just like man. He just, right? He just change. can change a heart. One of the things I think in in life that I have found to be m- most difficult, and it's one of those hard lessons to learn, is I I can't change you. Like I can't. And sometimes in relationships, I find myself where I, like, I want to change you. I want to make you something else than what you are, and I want to change you, but I can't change you. Like, I only have the ability to bring change to my own life, but I can't change you. But you know who can change other people? God can. You know, the, the one place where you might find a miracle in your life is when there's somebody in your life that really needs it. They really need God in their life. They really need the change that God brings to their life is when you commit to pray for it. Man, this keeps coming to my mind. So here's the deal: like I, I, years and years ago, right before a friend of my grandmother's died, she sent me Haley's Pocket, pocket Bible Commentary in the mail just randomly. I didn't know this lady, just randomly. I just I, I I'd only been a Christian about three or four years. She was getting close to death, and she wrote me a note, and she put it inside the commentary she said since you were a baby i've been praying for you and and she prayed me into ministry this woman like i mean all all of my life praying for me and i was thinking about this even this morning as i was looking at the notes again i was trying not to share this with you so here it is um there there, there was a time in college where i was not a christian and i became a christian around my sophomore year of college but when I look back there, there are these moments in my life where people were there strategically there was a pretty girl in art college who invited me to a bible study and I said yes because she was a pretty girl and um and I remember going and she was playing guitar and it's like I have no idea what's going on here but I hope that she likes me you know and it was like what what was that? And you look back in hindsight and you go what is that all about a conversation with a youth pastor on a park bench overlooking Lake Eustis. What was that all about? And I I, mean, I, I, I I can't say with like 100%, you know, like, man, this is what happened. But I can tell you the strong sense of my spirit is that I'm a Christian today and I'm at where I'm at in my life today because some old lady who I didn't even know committed to pray for me when I was a baby, she just prayed. It's, just, um, it's, it's, it's amazing what can happen through prayer. Seek the will of God. Pray the will of God. Watch for God to do miracles. And be thankful in worship. Be thankful in worship. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. Here it is with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Boy, do I want you to have this in your life. If I, were, if, you know, if I were to ask, and I'm like, man, I don't want to do this. So I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. This is not, I'm not trying to make anybody here feel like, oh, you stink at being a Christian, all right? But just, I want you to hear this in the right spirit. But if I were to ask you, what was the last prayer that God answered in your life? What, what is it for you? The last thing you really took to him and you said i'm going to take this to him and i'm going to knock and i'm going to seek and i'm going to ask and he answered and the reason i'm asking that not just make anybody feel like man i'm blowing it as a no that's not the whole deal i want for you as a pastor i want for you to have those moments of thanksgiving those moments of your life where you go wow man, this god that i worship is phenomenal he is so amazing, and he shows up my life, and he do, he does things because I pray, and I, my heart is filled with thanksgiving because I've been praying and watching, and he answers. So I want to tell you, friend, you can pray the will of God right now. You can pray it right now. Here's a couple of things you can be praying about. One is you can pray for our witness, and I say our witness because I'm talking about our witness as a church. Now you can, I mean, you can you can watch great sermons online you can watch great better sermons than mine online you can watch great sermons online but god has called us to be committed to one another in a community and he's called us to an impact that we can do in a community and whether you're watching online today or you're in person i want you to know you can be a part of a collective group of people who are committed to make a very specific impact in the world and that's 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 the joy of being a part of a church if we pray for that impact to be made Colossians 4.3, coming back, Paul says to the church of Colossae, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the Word. Pray that God would open up doors for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. Like, pray, pray that we could have impact together for the kingdom of God. Like, pray for it. So I believe this with all my heart. The New City Church will only be as effective as our prayer life. And so collectively, together, when we commit to it, like, hey, we're going to be a community of prayer. We're going to be asking the Lord for open doors to the gospel. We can tell the mysteries of Christ that people would be saved. Like, when we, collect, we collectively commit to that, God answers prayers. And we're in the middle of a Be Good News initiative. All of our general fund giving goes to Be Good News. And at Be Good News, we're saying we want to be a good news people and start good news conversations. That's what we want to do. And what we're calling people to is a collective impact. And so if you participate in this and you say, you know what, I, I, I buy into this. I, wanna, I don't, I don't want to just you know, go to a church that's got highbrow thinking. And I am a fan, by the way, of great thinking. I'm a fan of it. What I'm not a fan of is people who have great theology but no impact. What I'm not a fan of is people who can say biblical truths but their life reflects something that doesn't look like biblical truth. And so I want to put us in a a place as a church where our lives are reflective of the gospel we believe. And that's why we're doing bless. That's why we're calling the church to be prayerful, to listen, to eat, to serve, and to story. That's why we're calling the church to practices. Say, what, what would happen if we just, you know, we didn't just sit around on Sunday morning and learn something new. But what if we came to Sunday morning and we felt compelled to be? to be something, to be somebody, to be a part of a community, to be the church. Now, I, I believe this with all my heart, that people are open to hearing good news message from a good news people. And people in your life want to hear the good news message. They want to know if you're a good news person. The blessed strategy is trying to say, how do we become a good news people? So we've been blessed to be a blessing. That's a big, that's a big idea in this series. The, the original blessing of Abraham is our blessing in Christ Jesus. Like, we've been blessed to be a blessing. And, and tomorrow, I'll be at the new facility, touring the space with the architect, looking at making some final sort of pieces to the drawings and getting it ready for our church and as we've been talking about man, June July we'll be looking at construction August hopefully um some point a move in in that time period in our new space and hopefully by that time we'll be in turquoise or whatever the color is after that and we'll be we'll be in that you know and we can start moving COVID into the rear view mirror I hope so and but I'm praying that God uses this place to be an open door for the gospel So you can pray for the will of God right now and you can pray for our witness of the community and you can pray for your witness. Your witness. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Paul says, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so you may know how you ought to answer each person. He says, I want you to be thinking about your personal witness. So this is a question I wrote in my journal after I kind of Thinking through the message, are you making the best use of the time? Are you making the best use of the time, Monday through Friday in your workplace? Where's your Where's your hobby? Where do you do your hobbies? My hobby is golf. Are you making the best use of your time in your hobby? Are you making the best use of the time in your home? Are you making the best use of the time in your neighborhood? The question really pushes home: To whom are you uniquely positioned to witness? Now, this question assumes this, and I I believe this is true: that God is good and He's sovereign, and His goodness and His sovereignty. I think He's put you in certain relationships in your life. I don't want to be. I don't want to press this too hard, but I just. You may be the only Christian in somebody's life in the workplace. You may be the only Christian in somebody's life in the, in, in the place that you, you play. You may be the only Christian to, <laughs> available to the neighbors in your neighborhood. Where has God uniquely positioned you in the world to be a witness, to be a blessing, to bless? One of the things we've been asking uh, in the last couple of years at New City is, what if the call to love your neighbors meant your actual neighbors? Because I, I, what I have found in, in, in Christian theology is we'll look at passages like the call to love our neighbor, and we'll say who's our neighbor, and we'll say the world is our neighbor, everybody's our neighbor. We're called to love everybody, and then, and then what happens is if we're called to love everybody, we're not really called to love anybody. And to push this really home, we said, what if in Mark twelve thirty one, when Jesus says the second most important thing you can do, second to loving God, is loving your neighbor, what if, that, what if we just kind of really brought that home and said, what if, what if it was like the, the, the most important thing was loving God and loving your actual neighbors next door? I wonder if the discipline of loving the neighbor might be more practical to you. If you just felt called to the neighborhood." Now, we've also said it's hard to bless your neighbors if you don't know their names. And so uh, periodically, we, we actually pass out a tic-tac-toe board. We've got one that's branded for our series right now. And uh, in the middle of that tic-tac-toe board, you can, uh, they were laid out in the seats. So if you're in person today, they'll be online uh, this week if you're online. But those tic-tac-toe boards just have your house in the middle and then your immediate neighbors. And the idea of this tic-tac-toe board is do you know their names? Do you know their phone numbers? Do you know their story? Do you know their hurts and pains? Do they know you? because it's really hard to love somebody you don't know and part of the blessed strategy is just sort of saying okay we're going to put practices into place the first of those practices is being prayerful but do you even know how to pray for your neighbor do you know what their needs are the story is what's going on in their life because it's really hard to love your neighbor in prayer if you don't know their story you know, when, when, when Paul says, at the same time, pray for us also that God may open the doors to, <laughs> open to us a door to the word, like uh, he may help us to declare his excellencies or to share our story, you might put in the framework of bless. I just asked myself the question this week, and I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. What if the open door for the gospel was your door opening to your neighbors? What if the open door for the gospel you could be praying for is, Lord, open my door? to my neighbors. They might come into my home and hear the mystery of Jesus. They might come into my home for me to, to, to l- listen to their story. They might come into my home to experience love and community around my table. They might come into my home and learn how I could serve them and care for them, look after their needs. So the question asked was, to whom are you uniquely positioned to witness? I've been trying to prompt your mind here. I want you to know that's your prayer list. That's your prayer list. Um, it's not a rhetorical question, so I'm asking you right now. Like, is it your neighbors? Is it somebody at work? Is it somebody... I mean, to whom are you uniquely positioned to witness? So I'm going to ask you to pray for someone in a minute. Someone where you live, where you work, or where you play, by name. And so the idea is, like, we're not, we're not going to just talk about the discipline of prayer and then not do it, right? And So we're going to ask, we're going to ask, like, what, what does that look like? Who, who is it? Now... Last week I said this, and this is part of why we're talking about practices, why we're not, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time digesting a verb today, but we're going to spend some time digesting how am I doing actually living the gospel. Because I want us to move beyond hoping people experience the renewal of Jesus to helping people experience the renewal of Jesus with our prayers. I just want to move beyond hoping and move to helping. That's going to require some activity. So let's pray together. And here's what I want you to do. Answer the question, who should I pray for? Uh, I'll, I'll just maybe put it in language that we've used recently. Who is your one? So Jesus tells a story of a shepherd who leaves the 99 sheep behind and goes after the one. And He says, whoever's lost is found. I mean, that's really good news and there's celebration. So who's the one that God's calling you to be praying for? Now here's the guidance. Who's who should be praying for? Secondly, what is God's will for them? This could be a child, it could be a parent, it could be a neighbor, it could be a co-worker, somebody in your life, but who should be praying for and what's God's will for them? Here's how to here's how to exercise this question what's God's will for them. Your kingdom come, your will be done in Jonathan's life as it is in heaven. What would that look like if God's will was done, his kingdom were to come, the earth and heaven were to meet? in Suzanne's life? Who is it? What would be different if God's will was done perfectly in their life? What would be different if the kingdom reality of Jesus, His righteousness was being experienced in their life? What would be different for them? Pray it into B. Pray it into B. So who should I pray for? What's God's will for them? And now we're going to pray for them. Okay? So this is... um, trying really hard here not to make anybody feel too much pressure and if you're you know new to christianity and you're on the outside and you're looking in and you're like well this is kind of weird we get kind of weird sometimes and that's just kind of the way it goes but with us and but we do believe in prayer we believe god is good and we believe he's sovereign and he answers our prayers and so if the lord leads you to pray then you can lead you can pray and so i just want to say take a second just to, just to close our eyes if that helps you to pray you can leave them open if you want to um so, Father, as, as we begin to think about who you're bringing to our mind, Father, would you, would you help us to see what, what you want for them? What's your will for them? Is it someone in our life who doesn't know you? and Is it someone uh, who's got a hardship or a pain? Is it someone who's experiencing uniquely the fall of the world right now? Who is it you're calling us to pray for? Father, so the priests bring their name to our mind and listen to our prayers now as we pray quietly to you. Father, I pray for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done in all these names, lives, as it is in heaven. Have your way with us, Father. Move us as your body, animate us as your body that we might represent you to our friends, our family, our co-workers, our neighbors in a way that introduces them to who you are and your goodness. It is in your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen. But before we go, I want to spend some time with you. What's God's will for you? So let's just get really personal for a second. If you were to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, In my life as it is in heaven, what would that prayer be? And what area of your life would it be different if the kingdom reality of Jesus was experienced in your life? What would be different if God's will was done in your life? What would be uniquely different in your life right now if God was at work in your life? So I'm going to just ask you, to, 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 if it helps you to close your eyes, you can open your eyes, you can just pray this way. Father, my my prayer is to the power of your Holy Spirit that you reveal to us the thing that you want for us. I know you're good, and I know you're sovereign, and I know you want good things for us. And whatever the pain is, whatever the hurt is, whatever the heartache is, in, in this room, we're online right now, I pray to help us be honest with you about it. That we could pray your will into being in our life. And so, Father, I pray your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Father, listen to all of our prayers as we pray just kind of quietly for that thing in our life. Father, I know in my life, there would be a, little, a lot less anxiety if I really believe you're good and I really believe you're in control. And so I pray that you'd help me to rest in your goodness and in your sovereignty, believing those things are true. It is in your name that we pray, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. You don't have to be in church on a Sunday morning to pray. You really don't. There's so much that God's going to be leading you to pray for this week. And so as we talk through the series of these missional practices, if you're like one of those you know, Bible students and you really like to underline and dissect and outline sentences you're going to have some tension okay during this series but i want to raise the right kind of tension i want to raise the kind of tension that causes you to exegete your life i want to i want to bring the kind of tension into your story that makes you focus in on you and ask the question how am i doing to live in my faith that's what i want you to do all right in this series all right, before we close uh, into some worship and get all excited, I got some exciting news for you, okay? So, uh, Larry Lee and Larry has been in our eldership candidate process for um, almost two years. And so, today we get to acknowledge Larry as an elder at New City. And so, I'd invite Larry and Shirley both out. Uh, would you guys welcome Larry and Shirley to <laughs> the platform? Hey, guys. So, uh, Larry, I'll let you introduce uh, Shirley. I know you said you wanted to say something sweet about her, and she said she didn't want you to share anything sweet about her. So I'll put you on the pressure that you can share. Just introduce your wife, uh, Shirley, to us.
1: I, I like to describe Shirley as my favorite. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> awesome. Larry, you, you were in the Air Force for a number of years. How many years were you in the Air Force? I retired after 20 years in the Air Force, but then I continued working uh, for the government. I, I worked for the Department of Energy as a federal employee um, since 2001. Awesome. So two and, careers. <laughs> and, and we always
0: say at New City and the Elder team, it's the team sport. And so uh, we're, we're, I mean, it's, 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 it's a part-time job, basically, at New City. And so we meet uh, every other week uh, for multiple hours at a time. Everybody does things at, at the church. And so, Larry, you, you volunteer, and Shirley, you volunteer every single week at New City. What do you guys do uh, at New City? I mean, lots of things, but what do you do that uh, would, would maybe everybody wouldn't know about?
1: Well probably everyone knows we're very involved with the video, um, online broadcast ministry here. Uh, I helped design the system. I think I designed the system actually, <laughs> I had a lot of help with people, uh, pulling cable, getting the cameras set up, getting the control system yeah. set up. Our tech team has almost tripled, uh, with the yeah. number of people uh, that are involved, yeah. but our online community is yeah. probably about as big as our, as our physical presence here today. And, um, and so there's just a lot of reach out, and it's a great opportunity. I love techie stuff. I'm a nerd, so it's it's uh, been great. That's awesome.
0: I'd like to invite uh, Tim, is one of our elders, and Daniel up. And uh, to be a- an elder at New City is uh, quite a bit of study, uh, a lot of answering questions, a lot of writing, and so one of the reasons why uh, Larry was probably the candidate who's has been the longest in process at New City. It's because we had to hit pause during COVID uh, to focus in on getting us online. And Daniel, I'm going to ask you to pray just for Larry, a prayer of thanksgiving. And uh, Easton is also an elder at New City, but he is in his van again. He's probably watching online somewhere, traveling around. They're in a van down by the river somewhere. Um, I'm sure he's not eating government cheese, but he's living a higher life than that. But Easton's going to be uh, traveling for a few months. It wasn't able to be here today, but he's also sort of an elder at New City uh, on our team. So Daniel, why don't you pray for for us and we'll just acknowledge Larry that way
1: dear Heavenly Father uh, we just thank you so much for bringing Larry and his wife Shirley to New City Lord we just pray for his protection over their home uh, pray for their service to you and uh, and their their steadfast love of just the blessings and guidance that you provide in their life we pray
0: that uh, there's people here that are, uh, are or will be touched by Larry and Shirley uh, that there are people that will come to New City that will see your your love through them. And we just uh, continue to pray for Easton, who is not here with us right now, and his family, uh, give uh, provide them rest and comfort in this time. In your name, Amen. Amen. But you guys just thank Larry and Shirley for their service at New City. It's so great. Thank you, guys. So we're going to sing a couple songs here, and if you're uh, in person, you can take communion at any time during this time, and there's tables in the front in uh, the back, and uh, uh, recently, I mentioned this last week, recently we upgraded our communion, somebody said to me, like, hey, I got tired of those wafers, it was kind of like, I'm just going to take communion at home, and I was like, oh, so we upgraded a little bit, and uh, got a little nicer communion set up in there, but it's, it, for, the, for the, what purpose, and why do we do this every single week, because we need the reminder, uh, every week we need the reminder, and Jesus says, I want you to remember. Like, this is about remembrance. And so when you go to the Lord's table today, it is serious. Like, you, what you're doing is when you're taking that cup, and you, or that, you know, that you're taking that bread, and you're breaking that bread, you're remembering Christ's body broken for you. When you take the cup, you're remembering His blood shed for you. You know, if you had any doubt, by the way, coming into the service today, if God was good, for God so loved the world, Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty of your sins because he loves you that's he loved you and if you had any doubt in God's capacity any doubt in God's capability Jesus rose from the grave and conquered death itself and so when you go to the Lord's table today and you break the bread and you take the cup you're 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 recognizing God is good and God is sovereign he's in control and so the prayer doesn't have to stop now you know at our in service time you can, can take the prayer to the Lord's table today there may be something that you know, you know is outside of your control that you need to take to Him because He's good and He's sovereign. So at any time, do these next two songs, feel free to go to the Lord's table if you're a person today uh, to take uh, of communion. Let's stand together let's sing. Let's give glory and honor to God.